Chapter 12 of English Fairy Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Melanie Jensen. English Fairy Tales by Ernest Rees. Robin Goodfellow. Once upon a time, a great while ago, when men did eat and drink less, and were more honest, and knew no knavery, there was wont to walk many harmless spirits called fairies dancing in brave orders in fairy rings on green hills with sweet music. Sometimes they were invisible, and sometimes took diverse shapes. Many mad pranks would they play, as pinching of untidy damsels black and blue, and misplacing things in ill-ordered houses, but lovingly would they use good girls, giving them silver and other pretty toys, which they would leave for them, sometimes in their shoes, other times in their pockets, sometimes in bright basins and other clean vessels. Now it chanced that in those happy days a babe was born, in a house to which the fairies did like well to repair. This babe was a boy, and the fairies, to show their pleasure, brought many pretty things thither, coverlets and delicate linen for his cradle, and capons, woodcock, and quail for the christening, at which there was so much good cheer that the clerk had almost forgot to say the babe's name, Robin Goodfellow. So much for the birth and christening of little Robin. When Robin was grown to six years of age, he was so knavish that all the neighbors did complain of him, for no sooner was his mother's back turned, but he was in one knavish action or another, so that his mother was constrained, to avoid the complaints, to take him with her to market or wheresoever she went or rode. But this helped little or nothing, for if he rode before her, then he would make mouths and ill-favored faces at those he met. If he rode behind her, then he would clap his hand on the tail so that his mother was weary of the many complaints that came against him. Yet knew she not how to beat him justly for it, because she never saw him do that which was worthy blows. The complaints were daily so renewed that his mother promised him a whipping. Robin did not like that cheer, and therefore, to avoid it, he ran away, and left his mother a-sorrowing for him. After Robin had traveled a good day's journey from his mother's house, he sat down, and being weary he fell asleep. No sooner had slumber closed his eyelids, but he thought he saw many goodly proper little personages in antic measures tripping about him, and withal he heard such music, and he thought that Orpheus, that famous Greek fiddler, had he been alive, compared to one of these, had been but a poor musician. As delights commonly last not long, so did those end sooner than Robin would willingly they should have done, and for very grief he awakened, and found by him lying a scroll wherein was written these lines following in golden letters robin my only son and heir how to live take thou no care by nature thou hast cunning shifts which i'll increase with other gifts wish what thou wilt thou shalt it have and for to fetch both fool and knave thou hast the power to change thy shape to horse to hog to dog to ape transformed thus by any means See none thou harpst but knaves and queens, but love thou those that can honest be, and help them in necessity. Do thus, and all the world shall know the pranks of Robin Goodfellow, for by that name thou shalt called be to age's last posterity, and if thou keep my just command, one day thou shalt see fairyland. Robin, having read this, was very joyful, yet longed he to know whether he had the power or not and to try it he wished for some meat presently a fine dish of roast veal was before him then wished he for plum pudding he straightway had it 
this liked him well and because he was weary he wished himself a horse no sooner was his wish ended but he was changed into as fine a nag as you need see and leapt and curveyed and nimbly as if he had been in a stable at rack and manger a full month then he wished himself a black dog and he was so then a green tree and he was so so from one thing to another till he was quite sure that he could change himself to anything whatsoever he liked thereupon full of delight at his new powers robin goodfellow set out eager to put them to the test as he was crossing a field he met with a red-faced carter's clown and called to him to stop friend quoth he what is a clock a thing answered the clown that shows the time of day why then said robin goodfellow be thou a clock and tell me what time of the day it is i owe thee not so much service answered the clown again but because thou shalt think thyself beholden to me know that it is the same time of the day as it was yesterday at this time these shrewd answers vexed robin goodfellow so that in himself he vowed to be revenged of the clown which he did in this manner robin goodfellow turned himself into a bird and followed this fellow who was going into a field a little from that place to catch a horse that was at grass the horse being wild ran over dyke and hedge and the fellow after but to little purpose for the horse was too swift for him robin was glad for this occasion for now or never was the time to have his revenge presently robin shaped himself exactly like the horse that the clown followed and so stood right before him then the clown took hold of the horse's mane and got on his back but he had not ridden far when with a stumble robin hurled his rider over his head so that he almost broke his neck but then again he stood still and let the clown mount him once more by the way which the clown now would ride was a great pond of water of a good depth which covered the road no sooner did he ride into the very middle of the pond than robin goodfellow turned himself into a fish and so left him with nothing but the pack saddle on which he was riding betwixt his legs meanwhile the fish swiftly swam to the bank and then robin changed to a naughty boy again ran away laughing ha 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 leaving the poor clown half drowned and covered with mud as robin took his way along the green hedged side he fell to singing and can the doctor make sick men well and can the gypsy a fortune tell without lily german or cockle shell with sweet briar and bonfire and strawberry wine and columbine and when he had sung this over he fell to wondering what he should next turn himself into then as he saw the smoke rise from the chimneys of the next town he thought to himself it would be to him great sport to walk the streets with a broom on his shoulder and cry chimney sweep but when presently robin did this and one did call him then did robin run away laughing ho 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 next he set about to counterfeit a lame beggar begging very pitifully but when a stout chandler came out of his shop to give robin an alms again he skipped off nimbly laughing as his naughty manner was that same night he did knock at many men's doors and when the servants came out he blew out their candle and straightway vanished in the dark street with his ha 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 all these mirthful tricks did robin play that day and night and in these humours of his he had many pretty songs one of which i will sing as perfect as i can he sang it in his chimney-sweeper's humour at the tune of i have been a fiddler these fifteen years 
black i am from head to foot and all doth come by chimney soot then maidens come and cherish him that makes your chimneys neat and trim but it befell that on the very next night of his playing the chimney sweep robin had a summons from the land where there are no chimneys for king oberon seeing robin goodfellow do so many merry tricks called him out of his bed with these words saying robin my son come quickly rise first stretch then yawn and rub your eyes for thou must go with me to-night and taste of fairyland's delight robin hearing this rose and went to him there were with king oberon many fairies all attired in green all these with king oberon did welcome robin goodfellow into their company oberon took robin by the hand and led him in a fair dance their musician had an excellent bagpipe made of a wren's quill and the skin of a greenland fly this pipe was so shrill and so sweet that a scottish pipe compared to it it would no more come near it than a jew's harp doth to an irish harp as they had danced king oberon said to robin whene'er you hear the piper blow round and round the fairies go and nightly you must with us dance in meadows where the moonbeams glance and make the circle hand in hand that is the law of fairyland where thou shalt see what no man knows while sleep the eyes of men doth close so marched they with their piper before to the fairyland there did king oberon show robin goodfellow many secrets which he never did open to the world and there in fairyland doth robin goodfellow abide now this many a long year End of chapter twelve Recorded by Melanie Jensen.